Hello and welcome to episode one of Draft Offsides. I'm here with Tico and Enzo. My name is Keith. In this podcast, we will be primarily covering the English Premier League through the lens of our fantasy draft league. But we're aiming to talk in broad terms, so if you enjoy the Prem, just enjoy soccer, you should find this entertaining. Enzo, Tico, how are we doing this morning? Doing good. Awake, ready to go. About bit of football. You know, I love football, so. And I think we got. We, we can talk stuff about how the premiership's going, trades, all that. Fantasy, obviously, the the goods and bad of it. So, looking forward to it. Same, excited. We're, essentially, it seems like we're making our group chat into a um, podcast, pretty much talking it. And uh, just ends. I just realized what you're wearing. Just try not to lean back as much as you can. Just lean forward so we don't see the Tottenham uh, crest on your chest. We don't want that. And we should say, uh, obviously, you guys, uh, Enzo, Tottenham fan, Keith, uh, Chelsea. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know how much bias. Yeah, I'm a big Chelsea fan. Tico's a little bit of a neutral in the Premier League as a Real Madrid fan. But I don't know. Do you have a, do you have a team that you support, Tico, specifically? Uh, no, I have in the Premier a bunch League? of teams I like rooting against. So let's kind of get into it. I guess we can talk about we got last year, we had a, pre- a fantasy draft league. And we got we really just had a lot of fun just like talking to each shit to each other and just like really just getting into it. And so we thought we'd just talk about it online and see how it goes. I guess the big thing is there's like fan, the way fantasy draft works is kind of like how fantasy football works, where you have a you draft individual players and each team has specific players. And there's another type of fantasy called uh, I don't even know what it's called, but it's where you like auction players. And that one's just I feel like this is not as fun, and this is just such a more compelling way to do fantasy sports so this is kind of what we're going to focus on and what we're into and um yeah i guess the first thing we can do is we can talk about like last season a little bit yeah it was interesting to look at the draft from last season and then think about like wow like some of these picks are just so silly but at the time like everything makes sense when you're you know it's like honestly, when I was looking at because the link you did send it, it shows the players I ended up with, and I think I lost like half my draft. Yeah, I think that's pretty standard. You know, it's like you're gonna you're gonna draft and you're gonna um, you know, you're gonna like just things are just shit's gonna happen. You know, and like you're gonna have to drop players. I think the idea that you just want to like try and like the first few rounds, you really want to um just do well and like not not make like mistakes and then from there it's just kind of it's gonna be a shit show from like probably like six seven on i guess all right so kind of looking at our draft last year the very first pick off the board was enzo and he picked harry kane which i think i think at the time harry kane was not the number one like not the consensus number one pick so it was a little bit of like a uh like a, well, I'm going to tell like you right now. It's, off-color it, pick. Uh, it was a bias pick on my part, but I don't think it was an offset. I think Harry Kane in a lot of leagues should have been picked number one. I'm pretty sure, wasn't it the last season he had where he had the uh, the goals and assists? I know Sun got golden boot. but Yeah, right? Yeah, because he dropped a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And so he was playing in that kind of yep. like that 10 roll a little more. I mean, that allowed Sun to have an amazing season. But uh, sure enough, though, what's funny is that Harry Kane did end up finishing yes, in the very not, first spot with funny the most points. Yes. So it was a, it was a, a pick well. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Well achieved. One of our own. Well thought out. 
So no, number two was a guy, Frankie, in our draft. And he picked Mohamed Salah, who I think was widely considered the number one pick. And what he ended up, you know, I think at the beginning of the season was so bad for Liverpool that you kind of forget that by the, the end of the season they're actually yeah. doing pretty but well. But he again, he had a he didn't have a he didn't have his best season. Um, whether it was at the beginning or at the end. Um, so I will, honestly, even with this new season coming up, I don't think he's going to do much better. I think he's still going to score goals. I think he's going to be better. But with the addition of McAllister, McAllister takes penalties. So does he take the penalties? And that just takes away points away from Salah. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's a question of for Salah. It's like, is it is it just him getting older and the team getting worse? Or do you think it was just an offseason? But you also have to think, too, the midfield is better, right? Like the midfield is going to be better with these new guys for Liverpool. So is that going to then allow Salah to getting better scoring positions but he's also he's a year older so but he had so Salah drafted second he ended up finishing seventh which isn't the worst it's not like a disaster you know definitely didn't like lose it definitely didn't like lose that's not the reason Frankie's team no sucked. you know look pick second still in the top 10 is that is that a loss or is that a win because when you pick that that first second third pick they're meant to be your best players all the way through. There's that saying, you know. There's a saying like you don't you don't win your draft in the first round, but you can lose it in the first round. I think a pick like Salah, there's a pick like Salah, like he didn't lose, he didn't lose his draft because of that round. It's yeah. It's also easier to draft a player when they've been on the same team, same manager, n- no big changes, same position. So it's I, it's a safe pick. I mean, Kane, same thing with Kane. You know what he's going to do. Same thing with Mo Salah. I mean, down years happens, but I you know you can't blame him for taking second. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he's happy. So moving to third in our draft, uh, it was me and I picked uh, Kevin Bruin. And um, yeah, I was super happy. I was super happy to get him third. I felt like that was like a total steal. And when you look at like points per points per start, he's like up there with the highest. His issue is that he just doesn't you know, only he any most players on Man City only start like 20 some games. Like there's very few players that started 30 plus games. Yeah, that's the danger of uh, drafting anyone from Man City. Even Haaland, he would have games, you know, I, I had him as we could see later on, where he, you know, in the first half, they, he scored like a hat trick. So second half, they would just bench him and you don't get the maximum amount of points for this. I think it's 60 minutes played for you to get an added point, points. So that's the uh, Man City effect. Injuries, age, and like you said, the rotation. He's going to get rotated a lot more for the big game, so he's going to be saved for those big games. So those games against like Luton Tan that are coming up, he probably won't play in those games. Like he won't play League Cup games. He'll be saved for Champions League for the Premiership. Those are the big. Do you think the like I look at City now and I think about like the players they've lost and they haven't brought in a lot of people. Do you think they're going to bring in some new guys? Knowing and Epic. Probably gonna see what he's got. He's got some kids in there still. Like he brought on a couple of kids at the end of the season that did really well. Um, that one winger, the defender. So he'll replace one of them first. And if they don't work, guess what? They'll throw some money at it. It is what it is. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was happy. KDB ended up finishing sixth. Um, I was super happy, even though you know sixth not ideal, but his points per start were so good. So as long as I had other players I could cover, I felt I was really good coming in his he was ranked third in points per uh points per game ranked third right behind harry kane yeah That's super yeah seemed like that was like a pretty on point pick coming in fourth was uh, a little bit of a reach we i think we all kind of laughed when it happened it was gabriel jesus 
Um, but you know what's funny though? It's the start of the season. We were all we were all giving this guy a hard time when he drafted him. But the start of the season, he looked really good. Like you, before he got injured, we were like, oh shit. Right? Was that kind of the general consensus? No, that was the general consensus, man. Um, picking up Hayes also Man City, who, you know, no one doubted how good he was, but could he do it at Arsenal? It was a risk. That was a risk pick, in my opinion, at number four. And maybe if he didn't get injured, it might have worked out for him. But honestly, even when he got back, it just, he died out before he got injured. Do you, are you guys, are you guys kind of bullish on him for this season? Yeah, I'm not. Like, how do you feel about, I'm, how do you I'm feel about him this season? Season. And that's not because I'm a Tottenham fan. That's just because I don't. If I pick him up, it's going to be early third round, late third round, if he's still around, which he ain't probably going to be. Yeah. Really? No, I would say end of second. Let's say if you have the top two, three pick, and it's a snake draft. So end of uh, second round or early third, I think it'd be still. Because he he was top 20 points per per start. It was I'm looking at, at that right now. It's 12.88. And when he came back from his injury, he was, I feel like he had a hard time getting back into the team because they were doing so well. Uh, but uh, but again, I feel like Jesus does also have a, a history of injury uh, injuries. So that is the risk uh, with drafting him as well. But yeah, he he got off to a rocking start. The whole team, Arsenal, like they were scoring goals. He was he was having assists, you know, was, uh, unselfish players. So, um, and, you know, we have a couple of Arsenal fans in our uh, fantasy, so I'm sure he's not going to be there in the, that late. Yeah, I bet you he'll go at the end of the first, beginning of the second. I, just, I think just, I think that the issue is like forward scarcity. So once you like get past like the Holland, Kane, Salah, like who else is there that's in that, that, that forward position that really is like guaranteed locked in for a lot of, a lot of spots. So yeah, so we were just talking about he um he was drafted fourth, he finished thirty second, but as Tico was saying, his points per game was not bad. Like the the he was he was still scoring points when he was in. It was just he had that long, long I mean how many games did he play? Played twenty plus games, but I don't know. Twenty six. Yeah, it's a lot more than I thought. He finished with eleven goals, six assists, so uh you like to see more goals from a first round pick and more assists, obviously, but he only he finished in what thirty second place total total points. So I think those games hurt him, and I think he yeah later in the season he was subbing in and being subbed out a little bit more because they had you know they had other players to fill those roles. So then drafting fifth was Tico, and he drafted Erling Holland, which in hindsight was the steal of the first round, probably. The highest points per game, uh, the most goals. You know, I, honestly, I was surprised. I knew Harry Kane would go because of Enzo, but I was so surprised when he was on there. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny now to look back and be like, oh, like obviously, like how, like so dumb. But like the time, do you remember a lot of the conversations were like, oh, how is he going to adjust? Like the way that Pep. Pep does teams in the past is that like players won't play players don't just come in immediately a lot of times they get like eased in over like a season sometimes so there was a little bit more uncertainty but like now when you look back on it, it's like oh yeah of course yeah I was one of the ones doing that I was one one of the ones saying he, he did it in Dortmund who cares we'll see what he can do in the premiership fit purchase more physical etc 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 getting him in fifth yeah, going lower first or second this season no now, Harry Kane will be first off the board, honestly. Yeah, Holling ended up finishing second. Um, second? He, Behind yeah. who, Keith? 
Second behind, oh, behind Harry uh, Kane. Oh yeah, second behind Harry Kane. Yeah, but here's the question with Harry Kane. Just while we're just real quick, while I'm thinking about it, is do you guys is there any fear that if Tottenham are not doing well come January, let's say he stays, if Tottenham's not doing well come January, do they do they sell him and try and get something for him? Um, you know Harry Kane's going to score goals. You know he's going to be there. You know he's going to be delivering. But if the team's doing bad and Ange Postecoglou doesn't work as the new coach, and like I could see him, I could see him being sold in January, and then and then it's like you're so you're so screwed. He get if he gets sold in January, which like you said depends on the scenario. Tottenham are going back down to the med- medieval times where we stayed mediocre, twelfth, eighth. That's the position we're going to be in. It's going to take a while to rebuild from there. If Harry Kane's going to score goals, and if you're going to pick him up, and you're right, if you do pick him up early and he gets gone, and who else did that last year? Cristiano Ronaldo, few players left in January where you bore them and then they just up and left. So it's a risk, but you got to assess where your team's at and what teams are doing. Um, but honestly, the way Levy's looking, he's not going to sell him. If he does, he's going to sell him the last day before the, or the transfer window. If he doesn't, I don't think he sells him. I think we let him go for free. All right, so it's a little sidebar, but hopping back. So Holland drafted fifth by Tico, ended up finishing second. Um, started the season unbelievable. Like the beginning, like he really, he kind of tailed off at the end, but I think that's kind of expected in a long season with Champions League and all those other things. It'll be interesting to see what his second season looks like in the Premiership. So then going to sixth, uh, Son Hong Min. Um, he was he had like the best season of anyone the year prior, right? So he was up there like absolutely phenomenal. And I think even drafted six was probably he dropped a little bit to go six. Because I think every I think we all kind of I think everyone in our draft kind of knew like okay that could he be better like is is it you know? I think there was this fear that that was about as good as it gets for him. And what is it going to look like? What is it going to look like with like just a new like? with Kane just kind of in there and, and just with him, with Kane kind of firing in a different way. And yeah, I'm actually kind of excited for him to see what he does this year with his new coach and everything. But it was, he was definitely, and he had a pretty rough season, right? So this was probably one of the ones that really hurt for, for Sergey drafting him six, he ended up finishing 23rd. So just, just not the return you wanted. This is like talking about like losing and it's just kind of, you know, you'd think it's a safe pick, but, yeah, um, we had a, we all know he had a terrible start to the season, but if you actually look at his last, uh, I think it's 12 games, um, his points per game during that was substantial. He actually improved and finished the, the season really strong. So that, that is, you know, a positive. If you're going to pick him up in the top 10 still, I don't think he drops lower than top 10. He'll, he'll still get picked up in the early second round, latest, I feel. Uh, he's going to get you assists. He's going to get you dribbles, pass completion. He's going to get you a few goals. But is he going to get you, you know, 15 goals in a season? That That's the question. And if you think he is, he's a top 10 pick. But if, if you don't think he's going to score, do that or get you five assists along with it, uh, you, know, you don't pick him up until the second round. Yeah, I agree. Moving on to seventh, uh, Bruno Fernandez. We had a few We had a few Arsenal fans, a few, Chris, uh, a few United fans. So he went seventh. I... I had no issue with that. I thought that was probably the right place for him to go. I th- was it the year be- the year before Cristiano Ronaldo came? He was like sensational, and then Cristiano Ronaldo came and he dropped off like crazily. 
because his production, I think just Ronaldo just demanded so much attention in that team that everyone else really struggled. But you saw it with Fernandez when Ronaldo left, that he was just back to being like the man, scoring the goals, creating these chances, just doing everything. He ain't going to go that low this yeah. season. If he don't go top five this season, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, he finished fourth. And I, a lot of like a lot of people are thinking he might go one, depending on... I, I personally think he'd probably go third, third, fourth, but... He's going to give a lot, man. And with the signings United's doing... Mason Mount's giving him full, full opportunity to push up more and not have to drop back and grab that ball. And he's going to have penalties now, like, every week, week in, week out. So he gives you a lot. He gives you a lot. Yeah, it's huge. Penalties is, is a huge thing to have, you know, in this. Um, yeah, I think as we, what you just said, too, Mason Mount's going to push Bruno Fernandez further up the field because he'll be playing in more of an eight, probably. And so let Bruno Fernandez just be more of, like, a 10 where he can be more creative. So I think that's a, I think he's a very exciting pick this season to see what he does. Going eighth in our draft was Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, I, I didn't even look. I just put did not finish DNF. I don't know. I don't even know where he, I don't even know what his final ranking was. Because if you don't know, he got, he was, uh, he got January transfer window, went to Saudi Arabia, started that whole trend. Um, yeah, I mean, the other thing too is when he scored 18 goals the previous season. Yeah. So, but it it, it wasn't like it wasn't like team goals. It didn't like I said this, and I think I think a few of us said this. He's not the one to bring Man United out of the trenches. He wasn't. They brought him in because they didn't want him to go to the And honestly, that guy didn't want to. He went to a Man United team that wasn't. So he win trophies and he wasn't going to do that at Man United at that time so him leaving wasn't a surprise for me and uh, you know being picked up by who's that who's that Derek yeah uh, sorry D <laughs> bad choice yeah I think that was one of the things where you could like try and justify it by, by stats being like oh he scored 18 goals when you, when you looked at like you know the, did he pass the eye test and they looked so bad every time he played it just looked like that just wasn't going to be the way that Ten Hag wanted to do it but nope. And then going ninth was Riyad Mahrez from uh, Hakeem. It's very it's like I don't. I want to know why he thought Riyad Mahrez was going to get him so many points because Riyad Mahrez doesn't even start. Like I know Man City is a rotation team, but you guys got to be careful when, when drafting these players. Yeah, they look good because you've seen highlights, but do they play like 25 games at least a season? Because if he's if he's coming off the bench 20 games, you're not going to get that much. I thought that was that was a reach in my opinion. Fully. I think it's you know I think especially this year. So Mahrez, I think had a good season. The year prior, but this year, like he was barely getting games in. So, yeah, especially if you're going the third uh, player from Man City, I feel like he's not the best option. And especially uh, on a team that that deep, I feel like there was definitely like other players they could have drafted. Like, uh, I know Grealish probably played better than anyone else expected, but. When you give up a hundred, what was he, hundred million for a player, you know he's going to get his minutes. So I probably would have gone Grealish. It's easier to say in hindsight as well. But Mara, the player doesn't start, hasn't really been amazing for Man City. He's been there for a few years. That was, yeah, that was a, that was like you said. I feel like he lost. Uh, it was a big loss on his part. 
Yeah, and he, it kind of showed. I mean, drafted ninth, finished fiftieth. Hakeem was pretty much pretty out of it from the start this season. Even though he had a few decent picks in the mid rounds, it just wasn't. I think not having that like rock on your for your team that you could you just knew was going to start every week and contribute. It's made it hard. And then uh, drafted tenth um, was Raheem Sterling. I think at the time, I don't think anyone felt like this was a bad pick, right? Like I thought, like end of the end of the first, getting Raheem Sterling for Chelsea, which would have been decent. But you know, in hindsight, this was a total fiasco. You know, he didn't have a bad start to the season. I just think that things just started creeping up on Chelsea, and they couldn't, they couldn't get it together. Um. Sterling, if you remember the first eight to ten games, he was scoring against positions. It was the fact that they couldn't glue together the Chelsea team and it just started to fall apart. That was a problem. But I thought it was a good pick at 10th. Yeah. That's not a bad I'm pick curious to see where Sterling goes this season. Like, he's he's not in the top – he's not in the first two rounds, not in the third round. But then is he, is he like a steal when you, if you get him early fourth or something? Because, you know – like people are, like Chelsea's gonna have to score goals. Like there's people on Chelsea that are gonna score goals. Like they're they're, they're gonna be better than they were last year. There's just no way they won't be better than they were. That sounds like a Chelsea fan. I mean, talking, well, they got twelve place. <laughs> like there's just no. I mean, I'm I'm not even I'm like not optimistic at all about this season. But I know that they're gonna be better than twelfth place. And I, I feel like I'm not being like a well, homer when I say that. Look, there's been a lot of change in the Premiership. Pochettino. Love that man, hate that man. Going to Chelsea, he's gonna be, it's gonna be changing. He's gonna, he's gonna go with the youth. You've got some young players in there. You guys are already overhauling, so Chelsea is gonna be uh, giving up players to to your rivals. It's pretty ballsy, Puffy. Now maybe you guys got a plan, but yeah, I don't think Chelsea will do worse than twelfth this season. Um, but will Sterling be a main part to bring them to the back into the top five? I, I don't think it's gonna have to be Mudrick. Uh, in my opinion, that guy's a young talent. He has to lead the way, but he just hasn't had any good games. I I would not draft Sterling because last year six goals, three assists. Uh, doesn't especially with the young talent they have on that team. Uh, I feel like you have to look at the project moving forward as well, and the Sterling play factor in it. I really don't think so. So, and he's been playing for a while, so. You, how old is he? He's 30-plus, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah, maybe, the speed yeah. is in the, the same. 20, just, I, don't, I, I, I know before he was consensus, like, top first-round pick, but I I personally would not draft him, uh, would not want him, especially in the in the top four rounds. I would not, four or five, definitely not touching him. You know, what I was saying before, I just want to get this point. I wasn't saying... Fuck you. I wasn't saying a rotation player for Chelsea for Sterling. I was saying, do you pick a rotation player for your squad, your fantasy football team? Do you think that you should be doing that? Should you be hoarding those uh, forwards and everything? Or should you be getting those strong midfielders, maybe even a good defender, because they're, they're freaking not really in there. And if you don't know how the point scoring goes with sheets, tackles one, balls intercepted, what players actually do that on a basis? But do pick Sterling, who maybe you've already picked a forward. Yeah, I think that's valid. I think you, that's actually a really good point, that in the fourth round, you need to start thinking about your team construction a little more. So depending, you know, maybe if you went Trent, if you got a forward and a defender in the first few rounds, and you need some mids, 
But yeah, I was kind of, uh, Enzo, when we lost you, I was kind of saying that the the one thing with Sterling is that I think the Chelsea wingers are young and he's a veteran and consistent and he's very high paid. And I think he will get playing time. I don't know what he does with it. I don't know how, how that team will line up. So there's definitely a lot of question marks. Like kind of what Tico was saying earlier about players where you you know like Salah and stuff like you know that they're on the same team same coach you know what they're going to do I don't we don't we didn't get an answer from Sterling last year about what he's going to do and what that team's going to look like I also don't see him playing a lot of 90 minute games like I don't see him yeah uh he's going to be subbed off just to bring one of the younger guys on for a change of pace or if he's not starting bring him on like the last 20 minutes bring some veteran presence so, and when you're building a fantasy team, like you have a Sterling, or if you have someone else, like you know, you know, he's gonna get 90 minutes. The goal scoring opportunity probably not might not be as high, but with the Sterling, you don't know if he's gonna get 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So, that those are the tricky things uh, when setting you know your lineups. And I personally prefer players that I know are gonna get the minutes, and that are that come from teams that are not too deep. And Chelsea has. They bought everyone last year, so they have a lot of players at the same positions. Very fair, very valid. I think. Um, yet Sterling drafted tenth. It ended up finishing one hundred eighth. So aside from Cristiano Ronaldo, that was probably the worst pick in the first round. I would say. Um. All right. So that was our that was our top ten from last year. Um. I think in maybe a future episode we'll start to talk about rankings for this season would be, but we can get there eventually. I think. There's still so much to shake out in the Premier League with transfers and stuff. It's kind of hard to start locking it down too much now. But I kind of want to do something funny. Um, or no, I don't know, but just kind of like I want each of you, I want each of us to compliment another person's pick in our draft. So like force compliments because I know we, none of us like to give each other any props. So what was so like, well, how about Enzo? We'll start with you. Tika, what was a good signing that Enzo made or a good pickup that Enzo made in his draft? Uh, so I think the easiest one, I think he got McAllister in the 14th round, uh, ended up with 300 plus points. So getting someone that late and having it uh, put up that t- type of points, I think it's pretty amazing. Uh, when I was going through, you know, looking at the points total, I feel like anything you score over 300 points is a good player. And getting someone, a player of that caliber on the 14th round, I thought that was a really good pickup on Enzo's part. And I was very surprising because Enzo doesn't really make a lot of uh, smart moves, but so there it is. Um, yeah, this I, man I, had the had the highest score scoring player, but his team scored the lowest points. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fucking painful. Um, no, I think that was a really – I think anything in the late – like the last few rounds are such dart throws. So you just like – if you can hit on one of those, which you did, you totally hit the, hit the lottery with McAllister there. Um, I think Enzo, for me, it would be uh, obviously like maybe your first pick, just like being ballsy, going Harry Kane, getting the highest scoring player. It wasn't – you know, sometimes it's hard to buck the trend of what everyone's telling you who should be the first pick. Do you want to pat yourself on the back at all, or are you just feeling – Look, look. No, I, I, I'm actually looking – I've actually looked at my draft. First pick, I love it. Second pick, what the hell was I thinking? Andrew Robertson. Matters, great pick, especially at Leicester. He's the main man there, so he's going to get me points. Four pick, what the hell was I thinking? Uh, was that Rodri? Yeah, we'll get yeah. there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Bloody uh, hell. Let's just – let's go over to Tico. Um <laughs> Yeah, he was drafted from the what, the fifth position. Um, 
I'm going to say Kieran Trippier because I didn't think he was going to have that great of a season. And picking him up in the fifth round, he was like top scorer, top top in points for like half the season, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so picking, picking him up like, in the fifth round was was golden. I I, I, I can't even – like I was going to try and contribute one as well, but that's just – that was such a good signing. That was such a good pickup. I think the other one that I was looking at was Dwight McNeil in the 12th. He ended up being like a top 30 player and kind of similar to McAllister. If you can get someone that's that and though did McAllister in the what the 14th, Dwight McNeil in the 12th, it's like you got a guy that scored 250, 300 points, getting to get him that late. And it's just like a consistent guy. You don't have to think about it. Not a lot of not a lot of drama. Just went in there and scored, like just got you weekly points. I thought those were the two uh, two strongest. Um you guys got any compliments for me? Tony, man. What a freaking pickup. Number five, again. Anything after five that can get you max points? Like, I haven't Tony had a great season. Did he miss? I don't think he missed a penalty. So, yeah, Ivan Tony. Like, he had a great, great season. Um, he's not going to have a great season this season, obviously. But for that season, that was a good pick. Uh Key for you, for you, I, I think I mentioned this before during the uh, during the season as well. Mitrovic, especially the start he got off to, uh, which gave you the cushion. You were in first place, and I I remember every time I was looking at their games, he was scoring. He was involved. I feel like he got off to a hot start. He was scoring everything, and then I also wanted to. Uh, I think you had uh, you got Pope. Uh, the goalkeeper for Newcastle pretty late as well, and he finished pretty high for a goalkeeper as well. Uh, so, um, I think everyone just on Newcastle overdid their draft position. So the goalkeeper as well, especially since he was not the first goalkeeper t- taken, uh, you got him, and I think he finished top three or top four in the t- points for the goalkeeper. So that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. There's some. I think some of those forwards. There's a, like getting like getting forwards that overperform like makes you gets you so ahead in fantasy because it's such a scarce position so like kind of winning like lucking out with both tony and mitrovic was huge so let's move on to the next section which is what was the worst pick that each of us made go starting with enzo um man there's so many places i could go i know um tico do you want to go first so i have two rodri it's an obvious one just because you got him there you dropped him but i'm gonna go with hugo loris as your shittiest pickup because, and it's not even because he got hurt. It's yeah. you thought that Tottenham were going to be good enough to have that many shutouts, not win that many games for Hugo Lloris to be productive. It's Tottenham, mate. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But, you know, high hopes, low expectations. How's Fuck. that been working out for you? Not very well. I, I feel like too, like after, you know, playing this for a little while, like, like goal, I'm just going to draft goalkeepers so late. You know, I think even the eighth is maybe too, maybe you know, a little early. That that and defenders. Honestly, we had people drafting goalkeepers and defenders, and that's including me in the second, third, and fourth round when we should. Just yeah, wait. I think like maybe the the two. You know, obviously Trent Alexander Arnold and Kieran Trippier. You can you can say it can go round one, maybe round two, but outside of that, I just don't think because. I just don't think there's anyone. I don't think there's any defenders that can. Uh, you can make that argument. Like, so I totally agree. Uh, mine for you would probably be fifth round, Mark Cucurella. Ha! <laughs> That's so bad, man. I thought he was gonna be so good. I think it's funny because 
he went to he was at Brighton. You, this was like such a promising player. And he got traded to Chelsea, and I remember I kind of wanted him from. Yeah, I think I said you a trade offer for him at the time. Can can I be honest? The reason why I went for Cucurella wasn't because I thought he was going to Chelsea. I thought he was going to City. And if he went to City, I think he would have been he would have been a lot better because it would have worked out for that the way he plays. He plays very forward, and he plays very frantic. So I think he would have you know. Would have been another Mendy over there. So, all right, Tico. Uh, I gotta say, I there wasn't like as many, you know, to your credit, there weren't like glaring, like just horrible picks on your team. I think. Uh, Stop. No, there is. There is. Okay, you go. Then you go. What do you got? Uh, Virgil, Virgil Van Dyke. In the third, third round. round. But I, th- I think them up. at the time, I don't think anyone hated that at the time. Right, oh, I like I don't think I, I didn't look at this draft at the time and think what a terrible pick. Well, you go by what? How how is he going to get you points? Is he's he's going to score? He might have scored you like three or four goals, but you want to you honestly, in my opinion, you want a wing back most of the time. If that's how I thought about it, you wanted one that was going to get you crosses, give you assists, goal chances. Virgil Dyke, Virgil Van Dyke doesn't do that for you, especially not the Virgil Van Dyke we used to know. This isn't the same Virgil Van Dyke. So he, yeah, no. Uh, you know what's funny is after uh, after the draft when I was kind of looking at it and I, I was thinking about that too. How the defenders get points? Usually it's you know clean sheets and whatnot. And then you want people who are going to be involved in the crosses for Van Dyke. His goals are going to be come from set pieces. They're winning aerial headers is a point category. So if he's if he's turning balls away. And then Liverpool got off to a pretty bad start too. He got hurt, but towards the uh, end of the season he kind of justified his season but at that time it was a little too late but yeah I, when i go back and look at it that's the one um what's funny is it was i think it was between him and reese james is who i was thinking of uh drafting so uh i don't know i think reese, when reese james would score a lot of points when he was in but he just he'd only played like <laughs> he played so few games so when he when he plays he's he's worth starting you know I think so. Yeah, T- for you. I think again. It's just it was more like the, the Louis C as a Virgil Van Dyke. Your second and third on picks, both getting injured. That just sucks. It just it sucks. That's just not you know, not much you can do about that. Other than that, your team was kind of good. Like you know, there wasn't anything crazy that I was like kind of laughing at. Kulusevski was a bummer, and at fourth in the fourth round for you too. You know, because he had, didn't have a great start. I ended up picking him up off waivers, so you dropped him at some point. Or, you must have, right? Or do we do we trade? I forget. I don't know how how I got him up here. You dropped him. Yeah, I, I ended up picking him no, up. No, no, I dropped pretty him. Pretty happy with him later I in the season. But, so yeah, it's kind of a dumpster fire rounds for you. It it sucks when yeah when you have your second or third round pick injured, and even if they're going to miss a long period of time, you don't know, do you hold on to them and stash them, or do you drop them and then they come back and you know. All right, moving on. Let's talk about some of the. Summer transfers, some of the people incoming into the into the Premier League or switching teams. And then we can kind of talk about, too, like, not only, like, if we like that player, we think it was a good move, but also is it someone that we're interested in remotely in fantasy? Like, do we care? You know? So we'll start with the first one, Kai Havertz, going to Arsenal, leaving Chelsea, going to Arsenal. What do we think? Not interested. Honestly. And that's not co- – again, everyone's everyone will say because he's a Tottenham fan. I don't know where he fits in this Arsenal team. 
I really don't. Like when you got those front three, because obviously they're gonna play Gabriel Jesus. You're not gonna. He's not gonna take Bakayo Saka. They're playing that four three three. They're gonna play that four three three. Does he sit in that midfield? But if he sits in that midfield, you're gonna have Declan Rice, uh, Havertz, and Xhaka's gone, right? So who's the other? It'll be Odegaard in that middle. I don't think that that melts. I don't think so. He's not playing over Martinelli. I think he. I think he's going to end up being an incredibly expensive backup. Like I think, I don't, like what you were just saying. Like you know, I don't think he starts over any of the top players. I think if they think he's going to play in the eight, I just don't think his skill set works for that position. I don't think he's going to want to track back. He's not going to want to work hard off the ball. So, I agree. The only way thought is if. It's, and it's going to be a bad thing for Arsenal is if friggin' Jesus. If Jesus gets injured and they have to play Kai Havertz up front, and we already think we did for Chelsea up front, it's going to be a friggin' shit they have that young kid that even, might even probably start at forward. Uh, I just don't see that. I just don't see where he goes. I don't see how he exists in that team. Um, wish him all the best, whatever. But How do you feel about, lose, how do you feel about Chelsea losing him, Keith? Do you think it was a good thing? you think it was a bad thing? I think it was probably a necessary thing. I think we needed, we just needed to sell players, and I think there's there's a good player somewhere in Kai Havertz, but I just don't know if that situation was ever right for him here. And it's obviously a part of me is a little bit sad because I think he will go somewhere and be good, but I don't know if it's Arsenal. I don't know if it's this season. All right, another another uh, lost love of mine. Uh, moving on to Mason Mount going from Chelsea to Man United. Tico, what do you think? Uh, I think he'll be more impactful than Havertz just um, because I don't think Man United is as deep. Uh, that's someone I would probably draft ahead of uh, Havertz. And uh, I do wonder where he's going to be, how that team's going to look like because uh, they did bring in a lot of wingers as well that kind of didn't work out for them. So it's going to be interesting. But to kind of go back on uh, um Havertz as well. I do think they got him just as a luxury. I don't think he's going to get a lot of minutes, so I wouldn't take a flyer on him, but Mason Mount, I do feel would be the better of those two options. I do see some promise for him to uh, to contribute in fantasy. I see him getting minutes. Um, and I said it earlier, I think it's actually a positive. It's, it's a player they need. I think they need a DM also that would help that out. So if they get a, D- if they get a decent DM... Uh, oh, you know what? They got Casemiro. What am I fucking talking about? They got Casemiro, Mason Mount, and they got Bruno Fernandez. That's a fucking great buy. Because now Casemiro, Mason Mount can retain the ball and spread it out, and Bruno Fernandez can do his thing up front. He can shoot. He can put a through pass in because he can't. He definitely can't do a long ball. He does short passes well, but he can't do a long ball. So it's gonna be fucking yeah. I, I rate it, Mason Mount. I think Chelsea did the wrong thing by selling him to Man United. Perfectly honest, you just made your one of your rivals. Yeah, I think I think if we could have kept him, I would have been happy. I think he was wanted to leave, and we had us we had to get rid of him, and it just unfortunately was to a rival. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. I think the difference between Mount and Kai Havertz is that Mount has the ability to play in the midfield, like as an eight. I think he has the work rate off the ball to do that. And then I think, but I don't think Kai does. So I think Mount will get more playing time. And I think Mount can also, you know, if, if Bruno goes down, Mount can play in that 10. If Rashford, something happens to Rashford, Mount can play out wide on the left. But he can also play start as the eight. So I think he is way more versatile than a Kai Havertz. But I think he's just like a great signing for United because he can fill a lot of holes and also start. 
where I think Kai Havertz can fill a lot of holes for Arsenal, but I don't see where he starts. So I agree with you guys. I think Mount is interesting. I don't know. I, I really haven't wrapped my head around where he goes because I still think he's kind of risky because I don't think he's like, I don't think he's locked in every single game maybe. And even if he is, I think he's going to play a little bit further back than he ever has. So where Chelsea, he was, he was playing, you know, in a front three, I think for United, for a lot of times he's going to be playing in a more of a midfield role and be getting less, less chances. But I still think it's interesting. He's going to play ahead of Fred. He's going to play ahead of McTominay. But like, is he going to? I mean, Christian Eriksen's still there. So is he going to? Is he going to play every game ahead of Christian Eriksen? Well, Eriksen can't play no more. No, he seen that. So Keith could play ahead of Fred. Is, that, is it going to be a situation where Eriksen starts and Mount, Mount comes in? I don't know. I, I think there's just. I think there's a little bit more uncertainty. Next player on this list is just actually just officially signed this morning was uh, Declan Rice to Arsenal from West Ham. Yeah, I think, I think as uh, Enzo's fourth round Man City Rodri pick goes, you learn quickly that a holding midfielder, while super important for any real team, is just not super valuable in fantasy. Um, unless they're like James Ward Prowse and they're taking corners and penalties and kind of have like contributing in that way. It's just a tough position to score a lot of points. It doesn't translate. What they do on the pitch doesn't translate onto the, the score sheet, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe there's some, maybe there's some sixes, like a deep lane, lying playmaker where you can make that argument. But I, I don't think Declan Rice is that. I think, I think there's also like some Arsenal fans. I think he's going to, Declan Rice is going to go way too high in almost every draft because big signing, big name. Terrible. I don't, yeah, no, we shouldn't go. Look, don't be fooled by the price tag. Like we know, yeah. they they bought him for a lot of money because they needed the fact, and they realized you need a good DM in this league to you know compete. Because that's why I think they started missing. They they started they, they had great attacking football, but defensively, after they lost Saliba, they just started falling apart when he was injured. So they need that backup. So I get it, but 105 million to me. Don't be fooled by the price tag. I don't think he's worth 105 million. I think he's a good player. I think he's a great player. No, I don't think any fantasy fan tracks worthy. Perfectly honest, it, it's you're gonna waste the third, fourth round pick there. There's no point. Yeah, I think fantasy wise, I fully agree. I think in real life, I just think that defensive midfield position is really important. I think what you, the reason you're seeing these defensive midfielders go for more is because of the fact that they're more consistent than attacking players. So I think you're paying a hundred and something million knowing that he's going to run and do these things all the time where you look at attacking players and like they pay a hundred million for someone who's like, just doesn't necessarily have that like guarantee to score goals. So that, like I, I see why they paid that much money for something that's as close to a sure thing as you can get in soccer and football. But, but yeah, I think in the context of fantasy, uh, there's some some fool is going to take him way too early. I would say the good thing about the defensive midfielder is it's rare for them to get sacrificed. If you know if they're ahead or they're behind, they usually play the whole game because if the team is ahead, they want to you know keep the lead. They keep him on there. If they're behind, they need to still keep him on there so the wings can move forward. So in that sense, I could see where he has some value in fantasy. Uh, he will get the whole games, but. This is something I would take on the second half of the draft, uh, six, seven round below that. I think it'd be great. Uh, but if people take him top four, top five, it's not gonna. It's you know, yeah, 
Yeah, full. If he's still there in the sixth, seventh, eighth round, sure, pick, pick him up, bench player. You know, you know, put him in when you need just some points. When, you know, I fully agree, but I just don't think there's any chance that he sticks around that late. Um. Okay. Next one, Alexi McAllister to Liverpool. Enzo, as, as you you dropped him last year, so what do you, what do you think about that move? I, I I really like McAllister. I loved him at Brown. Um, love how he plays. He plays the same way for Brown. They, that he's gonna play the same way for Liverpool. Do we? I don't know. Like, I think he had more freedom at Brian. You think he's gonna have freedom to run around that midfield the way he did at Brian? I think so. Remember, he's at Brian. That don't get me wrong. They did it. They did amazing, but they don't really have any star players. They got rid of Trossard, who went to Arsenal. Um, do I think he's gonna get the same amount of points at Liverpool? It's possible. It is, but you got Salah. You got you got Nunes. You got so many Diaz. You got so many plays that they're going to create for you. That is he going to have to create as much as he did? But he's also going to be surrounded by talent, so he's not going to be the main focus of the other team's defense. So he's going to have more freedom to move around as well. And you know, when you're passing to Mo Salah, the chance of him scoring is a lot higher than if you're passing to you know name any random teammate he had last year. So I could see what you mean. He's not going to have the ball in this, uh, on his feet as as often, but I do think surrounded by talent is going to open things up for him more. So he might score a little bit more. And at the same time, you know, the balls he's playing off of them are going to be to top tier, world class talent as well. So that also factors in for me. Who's world class talent on there besides Salah? Nunes. I think their attacking. I think their attacking line is good. I mean, maybe not world class other than Salah, but like. There's a lot of really good players in that attack. Like I, again, I think there's you run into the issue of who do you draft because it's a little bit of like a juggling. Every game's gonna be a little bit of a juggling thing. Also, how Liverpool play, it's just more you know Klopp, more counterattacks, more a high pace. So that's uh, I think I think he'll I I don't think he's gonna drop off. I think he'll do well. I don't, definitely don't think you're gonna he's gonna be available that late on the on the draft. So so yeah, I think McAllister. I think you guys kind of nailed it. I think it's. I think he's exciting, a little, a little tentative, but I think there's enough talent around him. I think it's just a question of if, if what role he's going to be playing. I don't, I don't. Is he going to be playing as advanced as he was for Brighton, or is he going to be playing a little bit more of an industrial midfield role, and that's going to cause him to maybe lose a little bit of points? But then does he make that up on the backside by being surrounded by talent, being able to get more assists, potentially, you know, that opens up the field for him to get more goals. So I think he's interesting. I don't know where he goes in draft. I'm, I'm not sure yet. Maybe. Fourth round, third round. Do you think that's too high? Um, I don't think so. Just you, if you're gonna go by what he did last season, I don't think that's too high. The positives will definitely outweigh the negatives, and even the negatives have a silver line into it. So McAllister, he will definitely go a lot higher. Would it was it what round did I get him in? I got him late. Yeah, so he ain't going. He isn't gonna go lower than the fifth round, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's that's valid. I take next player. Christopher Nkunku to, from RB Leipzig in Germany to Chelsea. How, what do you guys think? But Chelsea had some freaking blunders with their with their bad man, Matt Wecky. Um, you know, uh, I think he'll some he can still come good, Matt Wecky. I don't. I, know. I think this year will be crucial for him. Look, Keith, you guys buy some great players. I just don't know if they work with the system. I think I trust Pochettino. I think you've got. I think Tuchel was a great manager too, but I think Pochettino will work with the youth, work with players, and he can, he can make you play great football again. But it all depends on 
if he can get him to perform um, in this team. But you guys are offloading. I have no idea what's going to happen in Chelsea this season. I do agree that, you know, you guys are going to do better than 12, but Madawaki, and yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, mate. Tico, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I, I think with the Chelsea team overall, a lot of uncertainty because just from the, all the players they bought end of last year, uh, this transfer win- window. So I, I don't think I would draft a lot of Ch- Chelsea players uh, high in the draft. Uh, I would also love to see them play, obviously, in the preseason just to get an idea of what people look like, what the team looks like, what the formations will be. But I don't see um, anyone from Chelsea that I would kind of gamble on, especially like like you said, the same goes, right? You could lose a draft in the first three rounds. So I I don't I, – I wouldn't really uh, – I really don't think he's going to be make that big of an impact in the fantasy world, um, just because they have so much, so many players, and it, and it's so many at the same position as as well. So, if someone, I feel like if someone is having a bad game or two, and they could just bench him and move on to the next player just to see how it's going, and this is Chelsea, it's like a rebuilding transitional period as well. So, if I was coach, you know, you experiment a lot, you try different lineups, you play around with it, see what works out for you. So. I would. Uh, that's that's my. I think my uh, thought process on Chelsea for the their entire roster for the for the whole year. Uh, maybe until the second half of the year, they'll have a steady lineup. That's when you know you'll have a better idea. They'll be, They'll they'll definitely be some bloody. St- yeah, I think I think that's the thing. I think there's there's a lot of uncertainty. Enzo's right. I think there'll be a couple of players that are like they're going to get drafted really late because they were so bad last year that are are going to be a steal. I look at Nkunku, and he was very good for Leipzig. He's very well thought of in France. He's coming to a Chelsea team with a good coach that nurtures youth. He plays in a role similar to Dele Ali that Poch really developed. I think there's potential for that to be a very for him to be a very good player. Um, I'm not taking him in the first round. I'm probably not taking him in the second round. If he's still there in the third round and it, it makes sense, I would be interested, depending on the players that are around. Because I think that someone's gonna have to score goals, someone's gonna have to create chances for Chelsea. But um yeah, I'm not like I it would be more like at that point, as a Chelsea fan, it'd maybe be more a little bit more of a selfish pick. I think maybe in the fourth round. If you can get him in the fourth I think that's a player in the fourth round you'd be pretty happy to get with the risk associated. I think that's a good that'd be a very exciting player. But I don't know. Who knows? The next player on the list is James Madison, transferring from Leicester City to Tottenham. Um, I guess we'll start with you, Enzo, because he's going to your your club. How do you feel about uh, Madison going to Tottenham? Uh, should have been done last season. But if you're honest, we could have used him a lot more last season. Uh, he's a great player, great playmaker, can do a lot in that midfield. He's going to take our free kicks. He's going to take our corners. Um, that's going to take a lot of pressure off Sun, so Sun can more concentrate on what he does best, which is create chances. Um, the good thing is we got him for cheaper than we would have done last year, um, you know, because unfortunately Leicester went down. But I do like Madison. I think it's a great, great addition to the team that we needed. Uh, we haven't replaced Christian Eriksen since he left, um, you know, so. And I think in every good team, you need a playmaker. He's going like 14th-ish. So, like, you know, early second round. Like, Kiko, is that interesting to you? If you were early second round, would you be interested in a, a James Madison? I I wouldn't. Uh, for me, for the early round picks, I have a strategy of taking players that 
are staying on the same team with not a lot of big changes. And I think with the amount of players there, I would not reach for him at early second round. But at the same time, you know, he's been in EPL, I think, most of almost all of his career. Especially if it's going to take the corners for Tottenham, that's, you know, um, they get points for crosses. You know, he's going to get some assists to Harry Kane and, you know, some goals that way. So I could see how he would get some uh, high points, but I would not get him in the second round just because I feel like there would be better options on the board at that time. Yeah, it's interesting. So when you look at his like points per start, you know, behind Holland, De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandez, he was like right up there with like, some of the highest points per start. And that was on like a pretty bad Leicester team. So I'm curious. I think it all comes down to Ange Postacoglu, if I said that correctly, and how he plays him, right? Like, where is, is he going to be right behind Harry Kane in a 10 and Son's out left and someone else is out right? Is that it? Like, I, I just don't know exactly how that's going to look. And I think that's, that's Satiko's point. Like, there's a little bit of uncertainty there, but I think it's, I think he's, he's only going to, he has better players around him. So that, that's kind of exciting. You know, what players do you think are better than Tico? Like, in, in, if you were going to take someone in the second round, say there's ten of us in a, in a round, who would you take ahead? Would you take a forward, or is that what you're thinking more? I'll, I'll name some names just around him. So Jack Grealish, Son, mm-hmm. and then Madison, and Martinelli, Phil Foden, Jesus might be on the board. Jesus, uh, he'd probably be gone. I think he's going first round, end of the mm-hmm. first round. He's 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 thinking, he's thinking, he's no, thinking. No, 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 the players you name. <laughs> Honestly, I would even take Reese James over him. No, oh, man. No, I don't. Uh, you're 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 just trying to piss me off. It's a, it's all right. Um, it, it, it's not that. It's, it's it, no, no, no. It is. It is. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You can't name one, and you pull Reese James out your ass. It doesn't make sense. I was waiting for uh, Kifo's saying the names. I would take Reese James because it's also with the position as well. There's more midfielders, whereas defenders, you know, you have the top tier, which is maybe four or five players. So I would rather take that than, you know, a midfielder for some, you know, average team. I'll take. I think I think only because you could get Reese James in the next round without any sort of competition. So you might as well go for like a premium guy. But There's also, I mean... There's also a really good chance that Kane's not going to be on the team. So, well, that actually makes it even better for Madison. Perpignan. Look what he did at Leicester. He had to do, like literally every game he had to produce. And even if he loses uh, Harry Kane, which is a big possibility, he still has Son. We got that new kid uh, Solomon. We still got Richarlison that can play up front. Um, you put him in front of goal. Hopefully, he can have a better start to the season. Remember Son's first season? Like that's very reflective of what Richarlison's season was like last season. Like he had a rough first season at Tottenham, came back next season and just got better and better. So I'd hate to see Kane go, but if he does, I don't think it's the worst thing, but it, it, it is bad, but it's not the worst thing in the world. All right, let's end it at that. Let's move on to the next player. Um... <laughs> No, we're not just gonna move on. We're gonna <laughs> hear what he said. Hate moving is not the worst thing. What what can be worse than that? Kane moving. I mean, it is what it is, right? If Kane moves now, you get they get like a hundred mil, and then it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Thanks, but Keith. If if Kane moves next year, it might be the worst thing for free. <laughs> yeah, that'll break my heart. Yeah. That would soul Campbell all over again. Moving on, Mateo Kovacic going from Chelsea to Man City. Um, do we care? Are we are we interested? Do we think he's going to be like a viable player? Is he going to be like a 
good like third mid, maybe on the bench, maybe coming on? Or is he even going to get enough starts? No, I, I, it's hard because he's going to go there. Obviously, Gundogan left there. There's a, there's a pace missing there. But Rodri turned it up last year. And uh, with, Pep, it's kind of, with Pep and that team, it's kind of difficult because he's just going to go with whoever's playing well, the matchups. And I personally, Kovacic, been around all over the place. I wouldn't really draft him. Maybe like in the later rounds just to see how the season tr- turns out and just stash him. It would be stash player for me, to be honest. It's it's a late pickup. Um, it's Pep doing Pep things. Like you said, uh, he's going to fill a void, a small void, but with the rotation and Man C, you pick him up late and then start when you know he's going to start because that's the only time he's going to get your point. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I like don't understand the City signing so far in the sense of like, I think they're going to have to play differently. Like it's going to be a different formation it's gonna be a different lineup i think that like like kovacic is not gonna replace gundolin in the in the side and so and kovacic is he's gonna sit next to rodri like i I don't understand where he fits in that team he's i don't think he's good to play higher up in one of those like eight those like almost like the city plays with like what two tens behind holland and then two wide players like i don't like i don't think he's a 10 like i don't know it's just a weird it's a weird signing i'm curious i think Pep might be cooking something up, and in which case, Kovacic might get a lot of starts, but I, he's not a goal scorer, really. He's really good at carrying the ball in possession and relieving pressure by dribbling out of like out of pressure, but he just doesn't score goals. He doesn't create a lot. So. I, I also see him as a late sub when they're up maybe 1-0 by a goal or two, bring him on there, just kind of slow things down, control the ball, control the pace. Yeah, it makes him completely like not viable. Yeah. Yeah, late pickup. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the next one. Jao Pedro from Watford to Brighton. Uh, Enzo? Mm, um, Brighton's going to need a lot more than that. They've lost in the last two years. They've lost their core. Um, I see him as another Leicester when Leicester won the league. So if they didn't win the league, um, Leicester did a great job of recruiting and they brought all these players in that, like statistical-wise that were really good. And I think Brian should have stayed the course. Now they're going to start spending money because they've got money for these players. But we saw after Leicester uh, when they bought Tillemans and you know players of that sort that just didn't do it, really. So um, I don't think this is enough for them. Uh, I don't think Jao Pedro is going to do too much. He wasn't. He was good at Watford, but can he bring him to that next level? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to get that many. Tico, any thoughts? Yeah, I think same, well, same with Kovacic. Uh, it's, it's a player that you could get him and stash it just in case he might get a start. But, but Pedro, you keep him on there, you know, play him against probably whenever they have a matchup against the bottom tier team. You could play him. Maybe he, he could give you some value there. But overall, I don't think he's going to be a significant player in fantasy. I am pretty hot on him. I, I don't want to say too much. I think next episode we might talk about some players that we really like, and he's might be on one of my lists there. But um, I think he is good, and he reminds me of Mitrovic last year, like where there's you know he did some things in the past. People kind of like look down on it because he didn't he didn't explode onto the scene. He goes down to the championship, does well, and then comes back up. But uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next episode. Um, moving on to the next and last player in the segment, Andre Onana just signed to Manchester United. Where are we at? Or are you laughing at? Because look, I, he puts a smile on my face when I see him. Um, you know, Lucas Moore put three against him in the Champions League. So that just my my he's a good goalkeeper. Don't get me wrong, but 
like a lot of these Ajax players, once they left Ajax, it's just a, he's a good goalkeeper. Is he a better replacement than De Gea? I still don't think so. I think De Gea had a bad end to his season, but um, he, didn't he have the most clean sheets last season? Most clean sheets. So I, I still don't understand why they didn't stick with De Gea. They didn't need to spend all that money on Anana. I think the idea is that he's better with the ball at his feet, and he showed that at Inter, his, uh, his passing distribution is better. Um, he's more comfortable for the way Ten Hag wants to play, which is like what you're saying, like that Ajax style. Um, I think my concern is that that doesn't really matter for fantasy. Like, if anything, that's a detriment because there's there's more chances that he's going to make a mistake and goals are going to go in. So, I'm not I'm not super keen on it. I mean, I, I'm not like I'm definitely not going out of my way to pick him up. He had a good Champions League final. Um, they're also getting younger. Maybe that's why they went with the goalkeeper. He'll probably, you know, with, with their team, with the clean sheets, he'll be drafted. Obviously, he'll probably be finished top six, seven goalkeeper. But it, it is goalkeeper at the end of the day, you know. You just you, you could just play the matchups. You don't really need one unless you have the dominant goalkeeper on, on your roster. I also think that um, the Premier League is a lot faster than the Italian League, just like the, the speed at which it happens. And so I think Onana, when you look at some of the things he did last year, there was a lot of like close calls where he's like, he jukes a guy and kicks, you know, clears it out or does something. And you're just like, man, that was like a split second. And you're, he was a bit of in a lot of trouble. And I think those split seconds happen faster in the Premier League than in other leagues. So he might, I could see him getting caught once or twice this year, just on a weird little play where he's being cute with the ball in the back. And that's like the last thing you want on your team for the Premier League, and in, in, you know, in, in the real stuff, in the real soccer, obviously it makes more sense. It allows you to relieve pressure, build out the back. But I think for fantasy, I'm almost kind of like off him more than anything. All right, that's going to do it for us. This was episode one of Draft Offsides. I'm with Tico and Enzo. My name is Keith, and see you next time. <laughs>